0: got to the point where I couldn't self-manage everything anymore. Um, it was just too much work along with uh, the family and, and the job. So I started to invest passively in syndications and realized I can make as much money doing this as I do manage my own property. So I sold everything.
1: Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me, I'm excited to have Steve, Brett, and Steve, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I am fantastic, man. I appreciate you joining me on the show. A little bit about Steve. He began investing in real estate in 2012, now has 1,300 apartment units under management. He has diverse real estate experience, including flips, uh, ground-up development, Private lending, but his passion right now is to help his friends invest in multifamily. Steve also speaks at real estate conferences. He's a real estate coach where he teaches how to invest in multifamily properties for cash flow. So, with that said, uh, Steve, why don't you give our listeners a bit more about your background
0: and what you got going on today? Yeah, sure. Um- I mean, just the, the quick story was I was an IT guy, went, got my MBA as well, because I didn't want to just work on the, the technical aspects, yep. learned, uh, you know, financing project management and did pretty well in that career. Um, actually loved it for a long time, but the last sort of five years of it, um, I had started investing in real estate, uh, actually about 10 years prior, uh, before my leaving the career, really enjoyed the real estate thing. Um, uh, Next thing I knew, I was buying, you know, duplexes, triplexes in my local area, self-managing, and got to the point where I couldn't self-manage everything anymore. Um, it was just too much work along with uh, the family and the, and the job. So I started to invest passively in syndications and realized I can make as much money doing this as I do manage my own property, so I sold everything. So, you know, I slowly sold off everything I had, put it into passive investments to the point, oh, I also started um, putting my the money that I was, Putting prior in the 401k, I stopped putting that away as well, other than the small percentage match from the company. Um, realizing that if I put it away in in real estate investments that pay cash flow now, I could probably leave my job even earlier. Mm. Um, so sure enough, you know, kind of built up those cash flows over time, and uh, was able to leave the job. And I liked the syndication so much that I just started to sponsor deals uh, along with the friends that I have, you know. With the friendships I'd made along the way um, by investing in these things. Cool, cool. So,
1: yeah. So, uh, and that's something I think a lot of people, you know, I see these people doing turnkey and all kinds of different strategies. And that's maybe the right decision, maybe not. But, like, yeah, like you said, that passive investing, sometimes you're making as much or more money and you don't have the headache and the hassle. Um, yeah. Especially when you have a day job and you got kids. And <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny because yeah, when I started first looking, I was you know, very first thing was turnkey because I heard somebody talking about it on a, on a podcast or YouTube or something.
1: Yeah,
0: I was like, well, that seems really simple cash flow yeah. great. And then the more I looked into it, I'm like, oh, it looks like maybe it doesn't cash flow quite as well as it does on paper. Um, and it seems like most people that go into that end up buying their own stuff. Uh, they'll buy single families or whatever. And Did you most, ever do it turnkey? I'm sorry. Did you ever buy a turnkey? I I didn't. You I didn't. didn't. Okay. I just skipped right over it. Yeah. Um. And then it's you know it was like everyone who buys single family, then eventually goes and buys duplexes and triplexes, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe not everyone. You know, gross generalization, but yeah. And then the people that do that oftentimes go into syndication. I was like, man, I'm gonna at least skip to the duplex. Uh, my first purchase was actually a triplex. Uh, bought a bunch of those because it just seemed really easy. Uh, but yeah, the I you know I skipped the first couple. But then jumped into the the syndication. I've got friends who who went straight to syndication and said, you know, they don't want to get their hands dirty. I have I had the the curse of being handy, so you know, being a landlord and self managing, I I was able to make a a good amount of money doing it only because I didn't have to spend a lot of money on, um, you know, services, carpenters, uh, plumbers, whatever. But at the same time, I had to get my hands dirty, so it wasn't really that passive.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny how you said that. uh, I had the curse of being handy because it's
0: awful. I feel the
1: same way. Like I can, I can do all this work now. It's good now that I finally figured out, like, I can't be the guy doing the job. So now it's good because I know, I know what needs to be done and I know what costs make sense and don't make sense. Right. Uh, I can help lead a team, but before like, you know, yeah, I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to get in there and do this stuff. And and you like, you're the one that has to do it all because you know how to do it.
0: You're 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 using up you know two hours of your time to save a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Because you want it done right and you want it done today, instead of just saying you know well, I'm going to bid this thing out and let the plumber just go and and take care of it.
1: Yeah. And how many trips do you take to the to the store when you try to do a plumbing project <laughs> yeah. that should take you you know forty five minutes and it ends up taking you three hours and you go man I right. wish
0: I would have hired a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> But that said, you know, on that that single family turnkey or single family purchases for your own, if you know what I always tell people is, if if that's the thing that makes you super comfortable, if self managing a duplex is the the only thing that you're actually going to move on because you're afraid to go or or you just don't want to trust other people yet, then go buy that thing, go buy the single family Mm -hmm. and 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 get started at something. But eventually you'll kind of you'll figure it out and and either maybe you'll buy a hundred single families, but my guess is you'll end up doing these syndicated deals eventually.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's a good point, right? You, you know, Steve's not trying to tell you to not do it, right? Go ahead and buy that because it's going to allow you to take action and actually get in the corridor is really what you're saying. Like whatever you need to do to get in the corridor, let's get in the corridor. But eventually you've got to expand that mindset and figure out that right. you can do a lot more. Yep. How, did, how did you well, take us through that growth. Cause you're starting, you're investing passively. You realized you can't be spending all your time in this you're investing passively. You saw the income coming in. And so take us through like, then how do you start to transition into bringing other people into these deals, getting to be a part of the deals? Like how, how'd you transition to that into where you're at right now?
0: Yeah. So um, you know, again, with the, with the duplexes and triplexes, it was all about control, right? I was I was handy. I knew how to manage the finances, simple budgeting on these projects. You know, I could take them from you know soup to nuts all the way through. I uh, had full control and then going into syndication, you have to release some of that control. So at first it was you know, 50K into a multifamily syndication uh, with a, somebody that was referred by a friend. And I kind of watched that happen and I saw the cash flows coming in. I'm like, oh, it really does just show up in my bank account. Okay. So this, this is actually working. So I did a couple more and then, you know, one of them um, went full cycle and, you know, next thing I know I've got a nice appreciation uh, bump at the end. So that ends up in the bank account as well. And so the more it proved itself out, the more I was telling my friends and family, like, Hey, you should see what I'm investing in here. You guys ought to jump in as well, because I just wanted to make sure that they were also putting their money to work for them, giving everybody copies of rich dad, poor dad, and you're just trying to, to educate them as well because I was at first I was actually furious that no one had ever taught me these things. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why don't they yeah. teach this in school? Like basic financial management or real estate or you know even when I went to get my MBA, there was never a discussion about um, real estate or, or managing your finances the way I manage them today. Um, so I, I figured I would just help friends and family, and next thing I knew, I had this following of you know a bunch of my neighbors, a, a few friends and family that invested alongside me, every time I went into an investment passively, I would share it with them. And then, you know, the sponsors were making out when when I'm bringing in 500,000, um, at some point it was a million dollars that I'm bringing into a deal that I'm not even sponsored on. I'm, uh, I'm just saying, you know, join me in this investment. It looks like a good one. And my friends and family were trusting me because I knew in my job, in my W-2, I was managing finances, large IT projects. Uh, and then I also had the real estate experience. So they just figured, you must yeah. know what he's doing. And it saves them the burden of having to go figure it out themselves. Um, and then over time, I would, I'd start getting calls from, from sponsors saying, hey, that deal you invested in, is there anybody else? Because we're a little bit short. You know, anyone else that you can recommend this to? And then I was like, wait a second. You know, I, I could probably do something with this. And I'm thinking about leaving my job. And you know, how do I you know, become more active in these things and, and just do it sort of as a part-time you know, side hustle? Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, I started the business in 2017, you know, got the LLC and, and when I say, you know, a business, but it was really just a means for me to, to put a little bit of structure around what, what I was already doing um, and to, you know, collect a little bit of additional equity when I was doing it. Um, but within a year, I left my job, you know, nice. that, that was, uh, left the job two years ago, started the business, yeah, 2017. So I guess a little bit over that now, almost four years. Cool. Cool. So
1: basically, you know, yeah, you you gain that trust of your neighbors, your friends, your family, they could see that, Hey, if Steve's going to go in this deal, this is a deal for me. Uh, and, and went along for the ride. And and then you started partnering with these sponsors and become a part of their team. Right. In order to not only bring money into the deal, but, but get some equity yourself as well. So, yes, uh, definitely. Um, What's a mistake that you've made along
0: the way here, and how have you learned from that? Um, it's funny. I, I, I like to tell people I, I've got two older siblings, so I love to learn from their mistakes. <laughs> uh, and they never got into real estate, but I do. Um, one of the things I learned early on was I was not going to be um, great at getting deals under contract when I live in Boston in the Northeast, where everything's very expensive. And I want to invest in Texas or Georgia, Florida, You know some of the, the better um, growth markets, uh, the better multifamily markets. And so a uh, mistake I made initially was to try to do that on my own.
1: Mm. And
0: then eventually realized, okay, you know, people work in partnerships when they're doing this. Um, they'll you know partner up with people that are working in those markets and figure out how to work together. And so what I realized from my early experience was um, you know, working to help people raise capital w- was one thing, uh, but I also realized that the SEC doesn't like that. Um, if you're, if you're simply bringing money to a deal, because that's, uh, acting as a broker dealer and, and yeah, you know, I don't have the series seven licenses and all that stuff to do that. Um, so I realized there's a lot more here. I better go get some serious training, you know, sign up for a mentor and, and really learn how to do this properly. Um, And so that was the the lesson was you know as easy as as it is to just get moving, um, you got to be super careful in in doing it right. Um, You know, and I guess that's the opposite end of the spectrum from studying this stuff forever and not moving. Yeah, Uh, I was I was kind of like you know I'm just going to jump in this thing and take action, and realized there was a lot more to it. Um, So you know I spent quite a bit of time figuring all that out. Uh, I realized I loved to underwrite. And, and to uh, look at the finances. So what I started to do is, was bring that experience or expertise, um, you know, financial management, underwriting, et cetera, to some of the partners that I had worked with in the past. And what I told them was, I will underwrite all of your deals for you um, just to help you because I wanted to be the best partner possible so that they would come to me more often. And uh, then it got into, I'm going to be jumping on those management calls with you and by the way, if you can't make a, a call, you know, just no, no worries. I'll be there. I'll take notes. And then it was, I'll write all of the investor communications for you. Um, and, I, you know, again, just trying to add as much value as possible so that I was the first person they were thinking of when they thought, you know, I might need a little bit of help on this deal, or I might need a little bit of help in my business in general. Um, so through that, I, I came up with, a, you know, three or four partnerships that I've really enjoyed and, and we continue to work together.
1: If you're exploring the different ways to invest in real estate, then you've got to check out my new book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes, reviews, and condenses over 20 top real estate books to help give you an understanding of the full spectrum of real estate investing very quickly. So buy it today on Amazon by searching for Book About Real Estate by Matt Jones. Uh, There's there's people that are listening to this that think, well, I've got some decent amount of friends, family that maybe I could raise money for from, and I could just raise money and put them in these deals and get paid to do that. That sounds really good. Now you mentioned there though, that you got to be careful. Can you take us through, I know you're, you're obviously not an attorney, so this is not um, legal (laughs) advice, right? This is, this is just your experience or what you've learned. Mm -hmm. Take us through some of the Maybe, maybe just a couple things that people really need to be aware of and to look out for if they are thinking about, hey, maybe I'd love to bring other people's money into the deal and, you know, somehow get rewarded for that.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, assuming you have a friend or somebody you know who has a, a large multifamily deal and they're looking for help raising the capital. Uh, so they call you and say, hey, do you want to raise capital with me on this deal? And, we, we, and this happens all the time. I get calls all the time like this. Um, they already have the deal under contract. They've already started raising capital, and now they're calling me because they need help on the, you know, to, to finish it off to close the deal. At that point, it's way too late. Hmm. So um, you know, one of the things with the SEC is they, they want to see that you're truly a partner in that deal. And one of the ways to show that you're truly a partner is that you were involved in the chase, right? In, in looking at deals, underwriting deals. You finally made an offer on this one together. Um, you're, you're now going and doing due diligence together. And then sure, you raise capital together as well. That just happens to be one of the many things. Uh, but you're truly an active partner on the deal. And that gives you the ability to raise capital without it looking as though, uh, or without it being uh, you just raising capital. Yeah. So that's a, the key distinction there is that you're active um, in in many aspects um, some people think you know you can raise capital as long as you do like one other thing like send investor communications or you know, it you know, for me that's that's really a gray area and I prefer to lean on the on the side of being a hundred percent right in in this regard because I have way too yeah. much to lose yeah for sure
1: yeah I think that's and, and that's, I've heard the same thing. Um, so basically, look, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking at doing this, like Steve said, if you get approached and somebody wants you to raise money, you can't just raise money for them, right? So the best approach is to create some relationships with two, three, four companies, probably not, you know, 10, 20, 30 companies because right. you probably want to have your few that you're bringing to your investors, but create relationships with those few companies and be a part of their entire process, right? Be be helping them out, be part of the process. You don't need to do everything, but you need to be a part of a couple tasks. I, I think that's smart versus I definitely see that all the time. People have a deal that they start raising from and they had zero part of anything and they're raising money. And that's the only reason why they're getting paid is because they're raising yeah. money. And, and it's and to be that. Obvious. It's very obvious, and and your main skill that you're bringing to the table is your relationships, right? Mm-hmm. But you're also a part of the deal. Other than that, and and I think that's really important. And as you said too, you've got your underwriting strength. You know, maybe maybe you're not good at underwriting, um, but you're good at studying markets. Well, that's maybe what right. you're doing. You're you're coming up with data and research on the markets, and um, but you've got to figure out how can you add value other than Just bringing the money to the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's other things as well. If you happen to have high net worth, um, you can sign in the loans, uh, which which I do all the time, and I would want to regardless because it just shows that I have that skin in the game. Yeah, Um, being involved in the asset management to me is huge because you know that really shows that you're involved on a on a weekly basis. Yeah, at a minimum, and sometimes more often. You know, when COVID hit, we were on calls you know daily for a while. So, you know, over time as well, so, you know, initially it was, you know, what can I bring and and how do I add value in all these little ways over time, you know, after doing 10 deals, now I'm joining those weekly calls, you know, 10 of them. And what I learn in one call, I'm applying on the next one. So I'm Mm -hmm. starting to add value in terms of how you manage the properties Uh, for the past year or so. I felt extremely comfortable in those meetings and offering advice or or different opinions or ways of doing things because I'm seeing, you know, eight different property management companies across four different partners. Everyone has their own opinions, their own way of dealing with something like COVID or evictions or, Mm. uh, you know, a fire and dealing with the insurance companies or whatever it is. But as these things come up, I'm like, wait, I had a property, you know, in South Georgia and the PM suggested we do this. Uh, and, and this is the way we went. It worked out really well. And it could be you know, 180 degrees from what the current PM on the call I'm on uh, is planning to do. So yeah. it's just nice to be able to bring those different opinions and, and just throw stuff out there. Make sure we're not just operating on um, autopilot.
1: And that's a big value you're now bringing. Obviously, you didn't bring that early on in the game, right? Because right. you're still learning and, and understanding and probably kind of sitting on the back of those calls keeping your mm-hmm. mouth mostly shut. Yep. But, but now you've been involved in these deals a lot. You're on the asset management calls weekly. And so, like you said, you're able to bring that a ton of value. I, I notice like a lot of things I'll make suggestions I see from one property management company to the other, but now you're seeing multiple property management companies and multiple different sponsors and that is I think extremely valuable. I'm, I'm sure you're bringing a ton of value to the table um, through that, and something your partners likely really like about bringing you onto their deals is that they know Steve's going to actually be a part of the deal and not just mm-hmm. in the backseat.
0: Yeah. You know, at first, I really wanted to have. You know, it was almost like I was saying, you know, I insist on being part of that call. Please invite me. Please include me because I wanted to learn the business as well. So yeah, it, it was super quiet at first, learned a ton of stuff there. Um, and then as I became more confident in the space, um, you know, then I started to speak up a bit. But at the same time, you know, now I, I might have, you know, I probably have a lot of opinions uh, that I don't share because I see the way they're operating and I see this operator is doing a great job or the property management company. Like, you know, my opinion might not really change things that much. So if I don't have a really strong feeling about something, yeah. I'll just let things flow because I, again, I want to be an easy partner to work with and add value when it's truly valuable, not just speak, just to hear myself speak.
1: That's, that's a, a, a really good point. Cause uh, it's really easy to do. You've got some knowledge. You think you're going to have to share it with everybody. Yeah. Sometimes you got to keep exciting. your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. And it's exciting. At least you think it's exciting. <laughs> cool. Um, what? Somebody who, who's looking to do uh, this as well, what, what are some, anything like stick out to you on building that investor list, building, cultivating, growing that investor list uh, and maintaining it? Anything that stick out to you?
0: Um, you know, I, I can only look at kind of my life and, and what I've done. Um, mm-hmm. So I came into it late in the game. I was already in my mid forties I already had a career where I showed that I was very diligent managing projects, managing money um, in in that career. Um, you know, integrity, always doing what I said I was going to do. Uh, so you know, over time, that stuff really matters because when people are thinking about investing their money, that's the sort of person they want to invest with. So you know, I wasn't doing it because I thought I was going to become a syndicator, and I wanted to to kind of show myself in this way. I just you know, I guess part of it is luck um, that. I happened to be in those positions and act in that way. And it just translated really well. Um, but there's certainly some some key things there that can be learned. Um, when you're dealing with your investors, for sure, do exactly what you're saying you're do. Um, you say you're going to do. Be sure you communicate really well. Understand the finances inside and out on a deal. If you don't know those numbers inside and out, you shouldn't even be part of the deal, never mind trying to bring your friends or family into it with you. Um, so, you know, a couple of really key things there, um, from that perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have any strategies on cultivating new investor relationships or is it mostly word of mouth? Um, how, how are you getting your, your investors?
0: Uh, so there's a uh, two or three meetups here that, that happen on a monthly basis, you know, a little less in, in, 2020 now they're online, but I used to go to, oh sorry about that. I used to go to all these, um, meetups and we talked about, you know, duplexes or, or buying that single family or how to manage, you know, self-manage, uh, which is what most of the, dupe, uh, sorry, the meetups were at the time. And slowly that transitioned a bit as I transitioned, um, you know, people would say, you know, we go around the room, introduce ourselves on occasion and people say, you know, I own three units or I own five units and I'd be like uh, 1200 units. And you know, people are just like, like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I don't you know, actually own them all outright. I'm a partner in these things. You know, maybe that equates to 30 units, 40 units. Um, but you know, it was just a different conversation. At the same time, I was, I was always helping the newer people that wanted to buy that duplex. Here's how you do quick underwriting here in Boston. Here's what your numbers should look like. You know, here's how to get the financing. I'd go have coffee with them. Whatever I could do to add value again, it was, it was kind of my way of giving back. It was fun. Um, and I was always thinking my, in the back of my mind, you know. And I'd tell them, if you happen to come across like a eight unit or ten unit, and you're not sure you can take it down yourself, maybe you don't have the down payment, or the bank won't give you the financing because of your net worth. Let me know. You know maybe we could partner together. Um, so there was always a little something there. You know, if I add enough value, maybe I'll end up with another deal or something locally. Um, but that you know turned into people that wanted to buy a duplex or or get into real estate started looking into it and realized, man, this is really hard. You know, this is, this is much more work than I thought it was going to be. I'm better off focusing on my career as a, you know, as a physician or a CPA or whatever it is that they do make money that way and just invest it passively. And next thing I know they're, they're calling me and saying, you know, let me know if you have a deal coming up here. I've got some money to invest.
1: Yep. Yep. And and there's a lot of people I feel that, you know, they, they're, for some reason are trying to do that. They, they've got this great job that they actually love. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe there's an easier way sometimes. Yeah. Um, A couple last questions before we completely wrap up here. Um, What's a favorite
0: book that you can recommend? Um, The One Thing by Mm -hmm. Gary Keller. That's probably the thing that, that, really changed how i approach this business um the other one was turning pro by steven pressfield uh but you know both of those really helped me from going from like a, i think it was in pressfield's book uh he was saying something about being a dabbler you know if you're not a pro you're just dabbling mm. and if you're dabbling you're, you're never going to be successful yeah so when i decided to actually kind of launch this business and treat it seriously I had just read that book and that's the thing that told me like, Hey, like go get an LLC, create a website, business cards and get yourself educated, you know, for real, like, like somebody who is actually going to change careers would be doing. And so I went through that whole process and it changed everything.
1: How do you find a good sponsor that you can trust that you really understand their underwriting and understand their business model and know that they're not blowing smoke. Cause there's a lot out there yeah. that are blowing smoke. I'm not going to name names, but they certainly uh, are. How do you, so how do you go through that process, verify them, get to know them, trust them, like take us through a couple steps that, that mm-hmm. you've done.
0: Um, I'll say first, well, two first things. Uh, first, first is that there are also a lot of really good, syndicators yeah. out there as well. You know, Plenty of blowing smoke. I, I'd say probably majority of them are fine. It's, it's like yeah. anything else in life. Um, the first thing you need to do is just get yourself educated. Uh, know how to ask at least a few really basic questions that force a dialogue so that you can sort of ascertain a bit. Does this person really know what they're talking about? Have mm. they done their homework? Um, and I, I will say, I didn't do any of those things in my first few deals that I invested passively. Uh, a friend of mine told me this was a good syndicator. I just you know, threw money at him. Which gotcha. is crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, turned out really well, fortunately, uh, and, you know well enough that it really gave me the idea of maybe going into this business. Yeah, um, but
1: it went the other way, we we wouldn't be here having that's this it, conversation. Right? It
0: <laughs> one deal would have killed it. Yeah, um, it, it it's nuts to to even think that way, uh, or think that that's possible. But yeah, um, yeah. So then getting some basic education. So you know, there's one uh, guy who has a podcast out there. Uh, he sells some online modules. It was like I don't know, at the time I mean, this was years ago, so maybe five hundred dollars or something. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty small investment compared to what I could lose if I don't do this right. Yeah. So I just went through those online modules and I learned, you know, some basic underwriting. And so now it's, um, you know, so how do I find people? How do I identify people initially? I watch a bunch of podcasts or listen to podcasts, and the people that I feel like I connect with. I would give them a call or send them an email and you know, somehow try to connect with them Gotcha. Um, and then get on their list. And then sure, you know, I might be on 10 different lists and I'll start getting emails on occasion when they have a deal. And then it's, can I see your underwriting? Can we jump on a call and talk about it? Um, you know, and then asking a few questions again about the things that I learned about, how do you know you can raise rents this way, right? Have you done rental comps just like you would do a housing or a, um, Sales uh, comps. Single family comps, yeah, yeah. sales comps. Um, you know, and, and tell me about that process. How do you do that? Right? Just asking them, digging a little bit. If they did their homework, they're going to tell you everything they've done. I yeah. know for a fact that these three properties that are within a half mile are perfect comps. Look, look, here's why they're perfect comps and here's what they're currently renting at. And they'll get into all that detail. Now you know you're dealing with somebody who's done their homework versus somebody who, who just says, well, I asked a property management company. Or worse yet, you know, the broker that I'm buying this from told okay. me I can raise rents. Um, you know, so there's a few other questions like that that you can ask. Um, you know, Todd, I think you do training as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, and active, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, I would say the most important thing is to get a little educated, and, mm-hmm. and there's so many more avenues now to, to do that. Um, you know, connecting on people's websites like like yours, Todd, and and just you know, get the basics. And, and it'll take you a really long way.
1: Are you go, are you talking with, or would you suggest people to talk with the, the experienced, um, company, you know, that's got 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 units, or do you talk with a company that's maybe a little more green? That's maybe at, you know, 500 or a thousand or yeah you know, 1500 units.
0: It, it is a very different experience when you're, I still invest a lot passively. Um, when you're investing with somebody or a larger company that has you know, thousands of units under management, you're gonna see that email in your inbox and they're gonna say, you know, this is gonna go quick, which a lot of people are saying these days. Um, but in their case, it's true. You might reply to that, that deal you know, the next day and they say, sorry, we're full. And they just raised you know, $5 million in 24 hours. Um, in that case, if you ask that person, hey, can we get on a phone call? Can you walk me through your underwriting? It's just not going to happen, right? Uh, they just don't have time for that. For your 50K, they're going to say, you know, I've got most of my investors putting in 200K and they don't even ask questions. So you yeah. know, why am I going to spend my time with you? Yeah, um, It doesn't mean they don't have amazing deals. Some of them do have amazing deals. Um, I will on, you know, on occasion invest with some of those sponsors without having a phone call. I just look at the deal. I know where it is based on their history, their track record, I'll go ahead and make that investment. But that's after a lot of experience. I, I don't recommend that for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the other end of the spectrum is somebody who's, who's a bit newer in, right? They've got a few hundred doors or they've done two or three deals. Uh, maybe it's a friend of a friend. Um, that person, you can have a half hour conversation for sure. They'll walk you through the underwriting. They'll tell you about the business plan. You can ask a lot of questions and it'll help you get into the deal or make you feel more comfortable about multifamily investing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say to, to go have multiple of those conversations and not invest because now you're wasting people's time. But if you're truly interested in investing, you think you're ready, then have one of those conversations. Tell somebody you're interested in their deal, go through it. And if it's good, make the investment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it.
0: Good advice. Um, all right. So
1: last question before we wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation?
0: Um, three pillars. So I would say, you know, I'm just thinking back when I when I really started to create wealth was when I started buying the duplexes. And when I sold those, I realized how much wealth I had created. Um, the reason I was able to do that was because of my curiosity and willingness to self-educate. Um, so, you know, if I had a question, I would say, well, the internet definitely has the answer. So am I going to watch more TV tonight or am I going to hop on the internet and do a little bit of research on that question I had? And, and I realized how much information there really is out there. And, and again, mm. today it's a thousand times more information. Yeah, there is unreal. There is no question that, that is left unanswered. Yeah. There. Um, it might take you a lot of time to pull it all together. If if you know if you really want to go far in this space, it's better to, to hire a mentor. Uh, but you can self-educate a fair amount before you you go down that path. Um, so be curious and and just take the time. You know, go get those questions answered um, instead of watching that you know whatever f- fifth episode of the series you're watching. Um, just watch one episode. You know? yeah. <laughs> or none.
1: Or none. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go do some research.
0: Yeah. So, so that's a, a big one. Um, the curiosity piece. Um, gratitude is a huge one for me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, always being grateful for what I have, because I, I feel like um, if you're not grateful in the moment for what you have, then why on earth would you have more? How yeah. are you going to get more if you, yeah. if you don't already appreciate what you have? Yeah. I, I think that really is a, is a good mindset to have. Um, oh, uh, so focusing on, on who not, what or how uh, is a big one as well. Uh, I would say that's probably the, the biggest reason for my success in the syndication space was not going it alone and trying to figure out how uh, or trying to figure out all the, the aspects of what, uh, but instead finding the right people, asking who, seeking them out, doing deals with them. And I learned a, a ton. I mean, I literally learned the entire business uh, on those first couple of deals I did where I really relied on somebody else to, to walk me through all the basics and I mimicked literally everything they did, you know, or 99% of what they did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah good stuff, man. Well, Steve, I, I really appreciate you talking us through uh, your experience, the partnerships that you've built um, you know, obviously the value of building those good reputations. And you mentioned that it was luck. Um, so, you know, that you were in the situation, but you know, luck may play into it, but people see you as a trustworthy person that does what he says he's going to do communicates and that they can just know that, Hey, if, if Steve's in this, I'm in this. Right. And so that that's a ton of value. So yeah, maybe a little bit of luck played into some aspects of it, but it's, it's not, not on purpose. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to say it's it's all luck, right? Like like you're saying, right? You make your own luck to some degree. If I were to say it's all luck, that means that it's going to be really hard for anybody else to to do this. Yeah, or they have to be lucky to do it. That's that's not at all true. Again,
1: luck may play into things, but you set yourself up for that luck, right? Right on. That's that's the key. So, um, yeah. So so really good, really good stuff. Appreciate it. How can our listeners get in touch with
0: you? Learn more about what you got going on. Easiest thing is uh, hitting my website at velocitycap.com, which is short for Velocity Capital. Awesome.
1: Awesome, man. Well, again, appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day.
0: Yeah, this has been great. Thanks, Todd.